What's up, folks? Trey here. I just wanted to say thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Today's podcast is incredible. Asar Walcott came onto the show, and you've got to hear his story. Guys, if you've ever heard of adversity in sports, this is the one to really dive into because you may not have heard of adversity at this level. It really is a crazy story. His words are uplifting. You can see that he's focused on his goal, and I can't wait to see how he performs at the Combine and all of that entails with his NFL future. So, Guys, without further ado, here is our interview with Asar Walcott. Welcome to the All Sports Best Podcast. Turn up the volume because it's time for your favorite sports show. Your one-stop shop for sports talk. Three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to All Sports Best, the podcast. I'm Trey Gonzalez, your host, and very excited to have on our latest guest, Asar Walcott. And uh, he is a former NFL player, inside linebacker, outside linebacker, and he is looking to continue his football career as um, you know as best as possible. And I'm excited to really dig deep into this one. Asar, how you doing, man? Good, good. I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I really wanted to start off with just like your passion for football is outstanding. Obviously, you have been through many trials. You've been through the ups and downs and still your main focus is how am I going to succeed in my sport? What what was it that really developed that love for football? I'm a football, you know, it's a very competitive sport. I'm a very uh, competitive type of person. Um, it's always been a challenge. So I love to take on the challenge as far as, you know, getting in shape, competing against the best and things like that. Mm. So it's just always been something that's that's been very competitive to me. And I've always uh, loved the challenge and tried to master it. You know, it's, um, you know, it takes years to master the game for you to be playing on your, your, your highest levels. So, you know, I just enjoy the process of, you know, mastering and you know trying to become the best player that I can become what is what is it about football that gives you an edge that gives you that adrenaline rush I mean obviously on the defensive side of the ball you you enjoy hitting you know you enjoy making that play stopping people you know just defending altogether so what is it that whenever you get on defense you're just like ooh, this is what really drives me yeah, like you said, I love the contact. Um, I love the contact sports. It really brings the best out of uh, an athlete, I believe. And um, when I'm on defense, I just, you know, I love to, you know, stop somebody right in their tracks when, you know, they may think they have a big play on you or they got one up on you. You know, it's a good feeling when you can just, you know, enforce your power right on the field and stuff like that. So that's why I always love defense. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. So right now you're actually located in New Jersey, correct? Yes. I guess like New Jersey. Okay. So you uh, are in New Jersey. You went to school in Virginia. You played for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, it's, it's really been, you've been in a lot of different areas. So where would you say has been the Mm -hmm. best football culture since you've had your career really take off? Uh, well, I probably spent most of uh, more of my time in Virginia, you know, at the University of Virginia. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, the co- the culture there, uh, you know, I love the culture there. It's a big football, uh, you know, state, town, et cetera. They have uh, tremendous athletes across uh, – they have tremendous a- athletes across the state. So that's probably where, you know, I got to compete and, you know, really develop and learn and become the player that I 
you know, thought I could be in my head and stuff like that. Sure. UVA broke that out of me. Okay, awesome. Very cool. So what was it at Virginia that you really enjoyed outside of football? Like, I mean, if I were to say, hey, you know what? I have an option to go to Virginia or anywhere else. Why would why would you pitch us on your experience and why you liked it there so much? Oh well, the culture of Virginia is very family orientated. So um, you know they 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 don't just care about football. It's not all about X's and O's. You know they try to you know they they do they help you out in real life situations and prepare you for the real world. And you also get to. Um, a lot of the guys also, we all stay close as friends and stuff like that. So, you know, once after football, when football is done, you know, you can always reconnect with these guys because like I said, they're very family orientated. So, you know, you get a lot of love off and on the field at the, um, at the university of Virginia. When you signed to the Cleveland Browns, first off, I just want to know what number one, what was that like? And number two, what were your thoughts as you were heading into it? Like what were your, what was your plan as you, we're going to the NFL. Um, you know that's that's you know that's every kid's dream. So you know it was the it was the best moment of my life. And my plans were to go in there and take and take someone's spot. You know I was going in there to compete. I didn't care if I was a rookie. I was going in there to get everything I had, um, leave it all out there on the field, and um, and you know try to win that starting spot. You know I wasn't going in there to sit on the bench and be behind anybody or anything like that. Um, my mentality, my mindset was to go in there and to play right away. Yeah. With all the years that you played, who would you say really resonated with you and you look back and go, that teammate really pushed me, really made me better and uh, continues to make you want to play today? was a guy named Chase Minifield. His father was Frank Minifield. He also played for the Cleveland Browns. He was like a Hall of Famer. He played cornerback. Um, okay. You know, his mindset was just a lot different than a lot of the other players because his father played in the NFL. So he's seen that growing up. So, you know, he knew exactly what you needed to do to get there. So he played a big influence on uh, my career, my work ethic, the way I viewed the game and things like that when I was at the University of Virginia. Okay. Chase Minifield. Cool. He's, he's from Kentucky. Awesome. All right. He Very played cool. with yeah, – he left uh, He left UVA went with, and played with the Redskins for about six years and then retired. Awesome. All right, cool. So right now, um, you know, we're going to just – a quick dive in, you know, right out of – Right whenever you were headed into the NFL, you're a rookie, you're with the Cleveland Browns, you had a, a life-changing event. It was really a mishap that kind of kept you down for some time. Uh, can you kind of just tell right. me how that affected you and what that what, what, what happened, kind of, if you could? Um, yeah, I mean, of course, it affected me tremendously. You know, it changed my life and changed everybody's life around me as well. You know, my family and things like that. I have children and things like that. Um it was it was a it was a night out where um, I was out with the guys with the fellas and you know people I guess um, you know were feeling some type of way and you know drinks are being passed around and things like that so sure. I was I ended up getting punched in the back of the head a big fight broke out uh. and while this big fight broke out in this in this in this club you know I ended up getting punched in the back of the head once I got punched um, I turned around to defend myself. And um, the kid uh, fell and hit his head. And, um, you know, the melee continued. A huge fight continued. I didn't know the kid was injured or anything like that because there was so many people fighting. And, you know, I was just making sure that I was trying to get to, I was trying to get safe and things like that. I didn't have time to even look and see exactly everything that was going on. I just, I just, uh, you know, I felt myself get, I felt myself get hit and I just reacted. Sure. And, um, 
you know, and, and, and that was it just like any other normal person would do. And so how did they pinpoint that to say, you know what, I, I know who did it. I saw, I saw you do it. Um, there were, there were, uh, there were people there, his friends and things like that. Mm. So, um, there wasn't, there wasn't a huge investigation at first. They just, um, they didn't investigate and figure out exactly what happened in the situation. They didn't investigate to figure out that I was struck first. I was the victim. Uh, they just, uh, assumed that I was, uh, that I started the situation until, until we had to actually go to trial and I had to take the stand. He had to take the stand. The, the witnesses that accused me of doing it had to take the stand. And when we all took the stand, um, the truth came out and they admitted that, you know, they, um, they were, that they hit me and that they were trying to hit me and that I defended myself. They literally went on the stand and, and admitted it, you know, it was documented. It was, it was, um, you know, it was worldwide news. It was open to the public. So they actually went on the stand and admitted to, we we ran up to a star. We hit him. He defended himself. He tried to get away. We were still trying to hit him and wow. things like that. So they went on this. Yeah, yeah. They went. This is all documented. I mean, the, you know, recorded, documented everything. They actually went to trial. So they actually just, you know, went up there and told the truth. The the bad, the, you know, the um the rough part about it was, you know, that was five years later that when when we went to trial. Sure. You know, it happened in 2013. We didn't get to go to, I didn't get to go to trial until 2017. So that whole, you know, time that, um, that, that was spent those years right there, you know, I'm just sitting around not being able to play or anything. And, um, the truth actually came out, you know, five years later. So with that, like the NFL didn't step in and say, you know what, until this is resolved, um, we're going to let you play or do anything like that. They just kind of marked you off and said, you know what? We'll, we'll see you whenever this is all over. Was how how did that all come together? Yeah, yeah, that's how it was because um, you know it's a business. The NFL is a business, so you know as uh, the way I looked at it, they're looking at it as you know, okay, we got this rookie that got into a situation. Um, let's let's see how the situation pans out. Um, they weren't saying that I was done forever, but they were just saying you know you, you got into a situation. You know, let's take care of that situation. Let's see if it pans out, and then see where we where we go from there. Unfortunately, it took five years for the the uh, the um, the court system to actually allow me to go to trial and 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 say my and say my part, say exactly what happened. Yeah, you know, we could have solved it. We could have solved it in 2013, but it took all the way into 17 for my side of the story to even be told to mm -hmm. people. You know, so wow. I mean, I took it as I, yeah. So I took it as you know, as business. I mean. I understood. I mean, I know that doesn't happen with every player. I know some players are people that do things and they're right back in the NFL and stuff like that. So, but, you know, I just, I just looked at it that, that they were looking at it as like a business and the court system dragged it out for five years that, you know, I didn't have a chance to actually stand up for myself and express myself and uh, tell the truth until, you know, 2017. So they never actually marked you. I mean, this is, this really is an unfortunate, was an unfortunate event in every in every single mm -hmm. way. I mean, it it, it really bothers right. me to actually hear this and see how it all played out. Um, but the mm -hmm. NFL didn't officially take you off of their list. So did they have to still reinstate you or are you was it just kind of like an un unwritten thing? 
Yeah, it was kind of sort of sort of like an unwritten thing. You know, they mm-hmm. never really reached out to me and reinstated me, anything like that, because you got to think it was five years later. Sure. So, you know, and by that time, I didn't have the agent that I had in 2013. I didn't have the connections. You know, I'm just coming off of a trial. Trial cost a lot of money. Um, you know, there was a lot of things going on. So I didn't have the resources and um, I didn't have the resources and the outlets to, you know, really get my, my story told again and you know get this to everybody to let them know exactly what happened and get them court documents and things like that so you know it was a lot of stuff that played a factor in me not being able to get back on the field because this the situation took so long i mean it was in 2013 they didn't i got acquitted in 2017 you know yeah so yeah i believe you know the timing of everything was even though i was acquitted they still you know, took those years of my career, you know what I mean? But absolutely. So with this time, you know, five years, no NFL, five years of really just trying to get through this trial. Uh, how did you stay in shape? How did you keep your competitive edge and just really kind of focus in on your, on your sport? Okay. So while I was going through this trial and, you know, uh, these five years I'm w- waiting leading up to trial you know I became a personal trainer so I started training athletes okay. so I stayed around the game I stayed around sports you know I stayed involved in it whether I was you know coaching it or you know I was um I was training myself or things like that I stayed involved in the game you know I never I never you know veered off and went and did something else I stayed involved in it so I was training athletes and things like that so that gave me the ability to continue to train myself and continue to be trained by other people because I was you know that's the business that I, that I chose to be in so I mean you have a good reputation in football you were a star in high school you went to UVA which is obviously a very good college for sports in general but football as well and then yes. um obviously going and signing to the cleveland browns so it must not have been hard for you to to get clients no no not at all um it wasn't hard um it's not to this day you know guys still want to train with me and stuff because they see you know like you said they see what i did in the high school level the college level they see me make it and stuff like that so you know um all that work and all that all that stuff all that work that i put in you know it paid off a, a different way for me Sure. You know, I got to give back to the kids. Uh, mentor, I mentor a lot of the cho- the, the young players now. You know, um, in the inner cities, uh, kids that can't afford the training. You know, um, I make it happen for them so they're able to get you know top notch training and stuff like that. So I was able to give back to the communities and um, you know, you know, develop these kids and tell them you know the, the right things they need to do to um, you know to get to to, to get where they want to go, whether that's college or pro or whatever. I'm, I'm just there to you know to guide them and, and give them, you know, give them some, um, give them some help throughout their, their process. Right. From a guy that's been through it firsthand. If you had stuck with the Cleveland Browns at that time, you were more than likely uh-huh. to play with Johnny Manziel while all this was going yeah. on and you're watching the, the Cleveland Browns, uh, you know, kind of fall apart as they'd done in the past before. What did you what did you think about it? What did you think about Johnny Menzel and in, in this whole era of football in Cleveland? Um, well, I didn't really think too much about Johnny per se. You know, I just thought about the team as a whole, and I knew that I would be, I would, I would, I would have been contributing, um, you know, um, a lot, you know, to that to, to the team. I know that I could have helped out a lot of places on defense, special teams, and things like that. Yeah. So you know, I sat back and I watched the game and. 
you know, you watch the game and as you know, as a player, you look and um, you, when you're dissecting, when you're dissecting the game, you may think to yourself, well, wow, you know, I, I break fast on him on, on that, or, I, you know, I can, I can defend that better or I can guard that guy better and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, I always had those thoughts and things like that, that, wow, man, I'm supposed to be out there. I, I know that guy may, may not be better than me. I can work harder than that guy. I can beat him out. You know, so I always had those thoughts. I caught I caught wind that you are prepping to go into the NFL Combine and really make a name for yourself once again. Can you tell me what that entails and and how you've prepared for it? Okay, yeah. So uh, you know, I've been training Combine style, so it hasn't been you know like really football specific. We've been focused on this forty. That's the biggest thing for me. Um, you know, it's being removed for so long. You know, I I was picked up because I'm a fast guy for my size. You know, I'm, I'm very I can. I can run 40s the same, you know, speed as safeties and corners and stuff like that. So the biggest thing that I always take pride in is my, you know, my speed. So I focused a lot on getting, uh, improving that speed and trying to, I'm going to, um, you know, run faster than I did when I was uh, in, uh, coming out of UVA. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, all of the training has just been, you know, very specific, very detailed because I know that everything has to be, you know, um, fireworks in order for me to, to get some heads to turn and stuff like that. So what I've really been focusing on is really focusing on that 40 yard dash. Um, you know, of course I've been doing the other drills and things like that, but, um, I'm really excited and really want to, you know, give my all for this 40. I'm really excited about this 40 yard dash. I want to run full four. Yeah. Wow. That would be insane. And so I'm looking at it. You are six foot four and, uh, we're listed at 240 pounds. And uh, that's scary, man. That's if you're coming at me four yeah, four. Yeah, I'm about. God. Yeah, I'm about. I'm a, I'm about two thirty, two thirty three, two thirty five right now. I came down a little bit, slimmed up for um, you know, the combine training and the type of training that we're doing. You know, we're lean right now because we have to run a lot of stuff like that. So you know, I'm about two thirty, two thirty five, sure. which is still very fast to be that size to run that fast. Oh yeah, it's, no. always, it's always been like that. I, never, I, I wasn't always a big guy. I always was tall, but I always wasn't a big guy. I went to college and I, you know, got on a, a real weightlifting program and real meal press and stuff like that. And I was able to, you know, put on some muscle. I came in as a safety and moved down the backer. So, yeah. you know, I've always kept that speed. And, uh, you know, um, a lot of people may not know, but I was a track star also in high school. You know, I had offers, um, scholarships to, to long jump. Um, I was a long jumper and a 400 and a 200 meter runner. So, and, you know, I could run the 100 and things like that, but I always been a runner. So, yeah. um, so, yeah, I just – that's my main focus, you know, because I know in the NFL, you know, they want big, fast, physical guys. No, absolutely. Smart physical guys. You that, know what that's I mean? going to turn – that's going to turn heads for sure. You get you get a guy that can run right, right. at your size. It's insane. Um, and so, yeah, so that's my goal. That's my goal. You I want to stir it up a little. I want people to be talking about who's this guy running this fast and big guy. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. You have really good versatility. Like you said before, you – had uh you have safety experience linebacker experience even defensive end experience you feel comfortable right. in almost every position on on the defense would you say that's accurate yes sir definitely yes sir <laughs> so so a team comes up to you and says you know what man we're we're really not interested in you in you as a linebacker we want you to play insert here you're just going to say absolutely let's get it of course, of course, and I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna take that position. I'm gonna take that position. I'm gonna work 110. percent I'm gonna give it all I got. I'm gonna master whatever they tell me that they want me to do. Okay, very cool. Yeah, absolutely. So, and this is what three days three days away. The combine. Yes, sir. Yeah, okay. three days away. 
All right. So yep. in the in the closing days of training, you know, leading up to this, what what are you doing? Do you do you have intensive workouts? Are you look looking to kind of recover? And so you're at full force. Like how how does the prep come in to play these last few days? Oh well, you know, right now I've been you know I've been I've been I started training for this about two months out two months ago. So um, right now, I mean, today was my last day of. You know, we did tens. We just did starts today. Today was my last day of any intense workout. We did like a whole rehearsal today. You know, my my uh, my dynamic warm up, my stretches, uh, my runs. You know, I rehearsed what I'm gonna do on Saturday. So today was kind of like the last uh, intense day. Um, tomorrow, um, I'm just gonna do some treatment, some mobility, and things like that. Thursday. Um, I mean, uh, Friday, I'm just going to, you know, do my mobility, my stretches. I probably, you know, just get in my stands and things like that. Maybe fire out about two steps and things like that. But uh-huh. Friday's mostly just relaxing, resting, um, making sure I'm loose. So when I wake up in the morning, I'm just ready to go. I mean, I've been preparing for two weeks. I feel like if I'm not ready by now, there's nothing I could do within these three days that's going to get me there. Sure. So I knew that going in. So I made sure that I put that work in prior to today. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to be taking it easy, mobility, making sure I'm loose, uh, hydrated, and things like that. And then Saturday, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to hit, hit the ground rolling. Now, I got to say, I really love the way that you plan this out. Your training seems amazing, phenomenal approach to this whole situation. And, I mean, obviously physical um, physical traits are huge in the NFL. People are going to look at, like we right. said before, six four, two thirty five. You can run fast. You've got versatility. All of this stuff is all great. But there's one thing that yeah. the NFL really looks at and goes, you know what? This guy separates himself, and that's mentality. How do you feel like um, your mentality comes into play when you're on the field? Oh man, I mean, my mentality before was, um, you know, as we play. I mean, every play I take, I take, I'm, I'm prideful in, 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 in playing hard every single play. I mean, I want, I want to jump off the film every play. If the ball is all the way on the other hash, I still want to get there even though he's tackling. I take pride in that. You know, I take pride in tackling. Um, I take pride in a lot of things. So my biggest, one of my biggest attributes is I play very hard. You know, when I was in Cleveland, I remember the coaches sometimes they used to tell me, you know, Walcott, you know, uh, slow it, you know, slow it down a little bit because, you know, we don't have the pads on right now because I'm always going 110%. Yeah. You know, so what they, what, what teams would get from me is a um, a young man that's that's hungry, that's smart, that's determined, that's um, – I won't let things get in my way. Um, I, I, I overcome adversity. I've been through a lot. Um, I believe it's a blessing. It's a privilege to actually put that helmet on, um, you know, because I had it taken away from me. So it just means a lot for me to even be able to do this combine. Uh, I'm very blessed and things like that. So – um, I mean, whoever gives me a shot or whatever, they, they, I just want them to know that you got a kid that's going to come in here, and if you tell him to run through that wall, he's going to run through that wall. You tell him to run, um, you drop right here specifically, and, and I mean, everything is detailed. I'm going to do everything the way that they tell me to do it, mm. 110%, um, physical and fast. That's, that's the way I was taught to play the game, physical and fast. You know, so that's what they're going to get from me. And all the things that I've been through, I could imagine once I step onto the field now, the approach that I'm having now, actually, you know, being out here in the real world, having to work, you know, having to provide for your family and things like that. I mean, the, um, the type of appreciation that I'm going to have and that I have for the game has um, has skyrocketed. I mean, 
everything yeah. I do is just, you know, I'm just thankful. It's a blessing to be. It's a blessing to just run this sprint. It's a blessing to do this. It's a blessing to do that. So, you know, I take it. I take, I, I, I take that approach every day. Um, like, 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 I don't know if tomorrow is promised. So let me give everything I got today. Incredible you know, so mindset. Get out of me. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry, I got to say this, man. I, I, I know that I'm rooting for you for the NFL. I really want to see you on TV. I really want to root you on um, playing for any team, hopefully mine, but, um, you know, playing for right. any team. But I got to say this, man, if, if, if all else fails and your career five years, six, seven, eight years down the road, when you're looking at retirement, I, I, I really think you should consider um, you, you should consider motivational speaking, man, because you got me fired up. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah, a lot of people tell me that. A lot of people tell me that. I, I've never been a one to a huge talker. You know, oh, I've never man. been a huge talker. But as I've gotten older, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've started to see that. You know, I do motivate. And it's funny because when I was playing football, I was the guy that you know motivated the guy. You got it hyped up, yeah, and ready to go. They, you know, they see they see me over there all hyped up, speaking and you know getting us ready to go. And that's the only time I would do that type of stuff in that type of environment. You know, but now. You know, I use it, you know, for the people and, you know, not just for football, for people in regular, you know, regular life. Because we're all, we all go through stuff. We all need somebody to encourage us or we need somebody to uplift us or we need some type of motivation with anything that we do. If we're a beggar, if we're an analyst, if we're a football player, anything, you're always going to need that edge and that motivation to, you know, get up every morning and continue to strive for greatness. Yeah, absolutely. This is, this is great. This is great A stuff right here. I'm, I'm, I'm really getting hyped. I'm probably going to go and achieve something like extremely good, extremely big, really soon. <laughs> right. probably within this next week. Right. Like I'm going to achieve my goals, right. but, um, Asar, man, I mean, I'm rooting for you. I know there's a lot of people that are, that have got your back They're They're really watching you and really want to see you do yeah. well. But what would you say to the people that are going to watch you at the combine to the people that maybe see your name come across and doubt you i mean what would you say maybe not say but maybe you know what would you tell yourself as you see them doubting you um you know i mean you're always going to have someone that doubts you that's a part of the game that's a part of life so you know i look at it as if you know if i let these people if i would let if i would listen to the people that doubted me you know a year ago two months ago whatever i wouldn't be in this situation right now on the phone with you because i would have you know I would have fell to the uh, to the doubt, you know. I would have I would have I would have I would have uh, been all in my head and stuff like that. So you know what I do? I just you know I just focus on myself and I just control what I can control. If someone doesn't, if someone isn't interested in what I can do and things like that, there's no um, negative energy or no. Um, I don't dislike the person, anything like that. Because at the end of the day, I know that this is a business, and I know that um, if I go out there and I perform and I do the things that I need to do, I know that that's all I, that I can um, control. So I do my part and then that's it. Um, I sit back and if anyone's interested in it, I mean, it's going to be a blessing. It'll be the best day of my life. And if they're yeah. not, I mean, I still have to continue and I still have to strive for greatness because I have children and they're watching me and I can't let what doubters or what anybody says determine my life and uh, the life that I provide for my children. So um, I just look at it. Yeah, I just look at it as you know, um, at least, at least they're doubting me. At least, at least they don't just, you know, at least, at least, at least they take the time to even consider doubting me. You know what I mean? Some people don't even get the doubt. They just get written off automatically. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, um, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, uh, so I must be doing something if, you know, um, 
if they if they're actually interested in you know taking a look at something you know so I just you know I don't really try to think about it too much I just try to control everything that I can control put the work in that I that I need to put in um you know say my prayers and then you know let everything happen from there you've been checking out the NFL for the last few years while you're watching games while you're just kind of analyzing things that's going on on and off the field where do you feel maybe in a in a few different teams that you could name off the top of your head that you would fit in well with their system or that you would fit in well just because they need someone of your caliber? Um, honestly, I'm a, I'm a all around athlete. So I could play any, I could play any position as far as, um, linebackers in a three, four, four, three. Um, that doesn't, that doesn't have, I don't have a problem with that, but I know there's our team that need linebackers like the giants. Um, um, I would love to play for Bill Belichick, the Patriots. Um, you know, um, I mean, there's so many teams. The Steelers, uh, you know, they need some backers. Um, you know, any team, any team that that needs that needs what I could provide. You know, of course, I would want to. If I had to, I, you know, I can pick my ideal team or this or that. But I want to go somewhere that need. You know, that they need me. You know, they yeah. they they need my my services. They you know they're bringing me in because specifically we need you specifically because you're good at this, you're good at that. So whichever team needs that, I mean, that's where I want to go. I want to, you know, I want to, I want to get there, and I just want to compete, man. I love competing, so you know, I just want to get there, and I want to compete wherever it is, wherever it is. Right now, there's a countrywide movement, right? Black Lives Matter is the countrywide movement. Uh, it's a protest. There are, you know, cries for help. Essentially, you know, we're we're looking to make a change in the United States. Asar, I want to kind of get your thoughts on that. Um, you know, with with everything going on, I want to hear your opinion. Okay, well, um, definitely Black Lives Matter. I mean, the things that go on um, to you know to a lot of black people is you know it's, some, it's not right. It's sad. It's not right. Um, you know, sometimes um, you know you can't stop it. You know, you say, you know, um, stay out of trouble, be in the right place, um, don't do this, don't do that. Sometimes you just can't stop it. And that's the issue. You know, sometimes you're not, you're not, you're not looking, you know, you're not looking for trouble. You're not looking to cause any harm. You're not looking to do anything. And harm and, and trouble may come your way just because of your skin color. And everybody, everybody knows that, that that's not right. I mean, you yeah. can ask a kid that, you know, they know, they know that's just not right. You know, so this, a lot of stuff that's going on, man, it's just not right. So, um, you know, I believe a lot of people are fed up with it and um, there, there's a demand for change. There needs to be change because, you know, um, I mean, as these young kids come up and these generations are coming up, um, they're growing up thinking that um, it's okay to treat a black man or a black woman um, the way that they see it being done on television or the way they see it being done by their friend or this or that. I mean, that just needs to change. I mean, we're all human beings. Nobody needs to be... You know, um, um, nobody needs to be like, like, um, like judged or, you know, like looked down upon because of the color of their skin. I mean, like as a whole, you know, as a whole America, we just got to, you know, show more love, grow up, you know, embrace things. It'll be, everything will happen easier for people. I mean, things will be a lot smoother, a lot easier just for America if we just, you know, love one another and we didn't judge each other based off you know each other's skin color because i'm sure because i know for sure that there's white men there's black 
I mean, there's white men, there's black men, there's Asian men that um, that are some of the best men that I ever met. Yeah. You know, and and vice versa. There's there's white men, there's black men, there's Asian men or whoever that that may not be good men. So it's not all it's not because of the color of your skin. It's um it's the choices that you make and your actions. Everyone everyone isn't the same. So just because one black man does something wrong, that doesn't mean every other single black man is gonna do something wrong. Just because one white man did something wrong, that doesn't mean every white man uh is gonna do something wrong or you know, and vice versa. So I just think that yeah. you know, we need more love and more uh unity and just, you know, and me personally I believe that it starts with the youth. You know, and that's why, you know, I love working with the kids and things like that to show them how you need to conduct yourself in situations and, you know, and just how you need to carry yourself, the type of character that you need to have so that no one can ever judge you or say that you're this or you're that because everyone knows your character and everyone knows how you operate um, outside and everyone knows what type of man you are, what type of woman you are. Um, There's no need for anybody to question that. And that starts with, I believe the youth and getting them on board so that, um, you know, so that, so that this stuff can start changing because it's sad. It's, it's honestly sad. It is. It's gone to a point where it's honest. It, it's just sad. As, as I get older, I continue to see the same things that happen. And I see, um, and I hear my family talk about things that happened to them when they were young and it's still happening now. I mean, it's a sad situation. And, um, and you know, one thing that I do think that, um, that unites a lot of people are sports. Right. You know, so um, I would encourage all the the parents, you know, to put your child in these sports because kids, kids are, you know, kids are going to kids are not going to really look at each other's skin color. And unless someone tells them that, listen, that that person is this color of skin, treat them this way or treat them that way. You know, right. kids play with all with everybody. You know, we just play. We don't know. When I was a kid, I never thought about, oh, this is a white guy. Uh, this is a this is a Asian kid that I'm playing with. We never thought that. You just look at him as a kid, like you. You want to have fun. You want to play with him. Yep. So I, I advise all the parents to put your child in sports so that they can grow up being around other races. Um, you know, learning, having friends that um, that may be black, having friends that are white, having friends that are Asian, having friends that are Muslim, and this and that. You know, so so you can understand that that it's not it's not it's not a race. That 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 you need to look at. Maybe there's an individual that you don't like, or you don't think they should be doing that, or 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 something like that. But it's not a race. Every white man isn't racist. Every every black man, you know, isn't 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 a criminal. Sure. You know. So I think I think that sports, I think that sports uh, plays a big part in that. Yeah, that's a great answer. Uh, on a personal level, with this movement. Um, have you ever felt maybe, you know, threatened or anything or just kind of just like nervous? Maybe you were getting pulled over or, you know, your your prior situation or anything like that, that you might get treated different because because of that, because of your skin color. Um, of course. I mean, I'm 30 years old. And of course, I've I've, I've had many situations where I'm, I'm scared because, you know, I'm black and I'm in a I'm in a environment or. Uh, you know, community where there's not a lot of people that have my color. So I'm being stared at or I'm being judged or somebody's calling the cops on me or something like that. And I didn't even do anything. I may be going to the park to go train or something like that. Yeah. And um, I mean, it happens all the time. But the sad thing is, though, that it happens so much to me that 
after a while, you just start to believe that this is just the, the norm. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You just believe that this is just the norm. That, oh, this is normal. This is normal. But that's not that's not supposed to be normal. I mean, every day I'm driving. Uh, you know, I, you got to worry if you get pulled over and, you know, you get the wrong type of cop that doesn't really like a black guy or something like that, you know, you might be in for it. So sure. that's something that's always playing in my mind. Like I said, I got to have a son and I have a daughter and they're both black. So, you know, I would, I would, I would, I would never want them to go through some of the things that I went through with cops or, you know, uh, just a racist person, you know, period. So I'm always thinking about things like that. And like I said, um, it's not, it's not every white person that's racist. Every white person isn't racist. I went to UVA. There's, there's a lot of white men. There were a lot of white men, a lot of white women there. Yeah. There were a lot of black men, a black woman there. I have white friends. I, it's not everybody. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, they, but, you know, people look at it like, you know, one bad apple spoils the bunch. But in situations like this, that's not the case. Just like with a black man, a black, I don't know what they, you know, they, 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 you know, they look at it, a lot of black men as just criminals. That's not the case. There's a lot of white men that are criminals. There's a lot of Asian men that are criminals. There's a lot of criminals, period. It's just not a black man. I mean, I've met some of the smartest black men in my, in my life. You know, I've met some of the smartest, educated black men, successful black men. It's, that's not the case, you know? And, yeah. and I just think that we need to change that narrative and just look at things different. And, you know, you just don't judge someone because of their skin, you know, just judge them off their actions and their character and, and what they're doing and, and, and things like that, you know, like mm. it's just, it goes both ways. You know, we just need to unite a little bit and um, stop judging each other just because of our skin color, man. I mean, it's, it's terrible. It what, what we're teaching the youth, the kids, the kids that are growing up, what we're really teaching them is terrible. I mean, it's, it's, it's terrible. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate you for for touching in on that subject, and also, I mean, just this interview, man. I I really do love having you on. Before we go, though, I really want to jump into something and just kind of brighten the mood a little bit as we move in, uh, you know, in our closing statements. But um, it's called Rapid Fire, and I'm gonna rattle off a few questions for you, and I just want you to answer them off the top of your head and just kind of go from there. Are you ready for this? Okay, yeah, let's do it. All right, Apple or Android? Apple. Um, high socks or low socks? High. Favorite candy? Skittles. Nice. Uh, song that's stuck in your head right now? Uh, a little baby song called We Paid. <laughs> what is it called? It's called We uh, We Paid. Okay. We Paid. Um, favorite brand of football gear? Nike. Coolest place you've ever gone on vacation? Jamaica. Uh, favorite restaurant? Mm, wow. Uh, uh, Houston's. Uh, favorite football movie? Ooh, favorite football movie would be... Might, might have to be Remember the Titans. Best Remember thing. the Titans or any given Sunday. Okay, yeah, those are good. Um, best thing you learned at UVA? Um, how to, uh, best thing I learned at UVA was uh, I learned a lot about myself. Okay, awesome. Yeah, that's a really good answer. And then lastly, what was the your favorite football moment? 
my favorite football moment is um, a sack I had against Penn State to win a game. That's Strip incredible. Sack. Incredible. All right, man. Hey, thank you so much, Asar. You are uh, a great guest, man. I can't wait to see more of you. Can't wait to see um, what the future has in store for you. And we will definitely have to keep in touch as time time moves forward. Definitely, definitely. Definitely. And I thank you for having me on. And um, I appreciate everything. Thanks for listening to the All Sports Best Podcast. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcast or Spotify and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter and join the conversation. Till next time, this is the All Sports Best Podcast. Oh, yeah.